And a good Tuesday afternoon to you. Welcome on in to lunch with Klaibs and Joe here on ClaibsOnline.com. I'm Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Mike Claiborne. Claibs, we're uh, two weeks away from Christmas, so a uh, Merry Claibsmas. I uh, see that. Again, yeah. Do I have one of those? You don't have one of those. I got one for Rammer okay. uh, last year. Right. I didn't know how you felt about wearing your own face on your That's uh, all right. on your it. shirts. I didn't know. I didn't know if that fit into the uh, to the fashion closet of Mike Claiborne. I got a black tie vet to go to on Sunday. Maybe I'll wear that instead. Well, <laughs> <laughs> if Rammer sends you his, I don't know if Rammer's worn it to a uh, Slew Billikens game yet. Uh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, so we'll need to uh, we need to make arrangements for that to happen at uh, at some point these next few weeks. Claims uh, so much to get to. It, it seems like it's been a few weeks since we uh, since we last talked, but our uh, last show was uh, was just this uh, just Monday. Um, and as always, by the way, powered by Ameren, Illinois, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura, Munganas Alton Toyota. Claims we will be out at Munganas Alton Toyota next Monday. Uh, see Jamie Burkhardt out there. So we will uh, we'll go out to Alton, Illinois, and see him for our uh, final show before Christmas. Um, Claves, before we get into all the Cardinal stuff, all the NFL stuff, earlier today, sad news as uh, the um, head coach, college football coach Mike Leach, passed away at the age of 61. Uh, apparently had a heart attack Sunday night that, um, that, that ended up causing uh, severe brain damage and um, ended, uh, ended his life. Yeah, obviously unfortunate. Uh, Mike Leach was a very unique individual, and I thought he was good for the game. Um, Obviously, the quotes and the quips that he would have were entertaining. But, you know, he knew a little bit about offense, too, man. I mean, he he made some guys into some really good quarterbacks as far as uh, the air raid, as they call it. Uh, But I thought he was good for the game. We're certainly going to miss him. And he was really starting to turn things around at Mississippi State. And that now that opens a huge door for somebody. I don't know whether you hire from within or all of a sudden is that job attracted to somebody who's sitting in another program as we speak. Uh, but certainly tragic news. Uh, you know, obviously uh, he, he and his family, we certainly send our thoughts to them. But to the players and the alums and the boosters and everybody else in Mississippi State, I mean, this just doesn't happen very often, uh, especially for a guy who's just 61 years old. So there's a lot of things going on in Mississippi, uh, and we hope that they can get things squared away um, because, you know, if you're the president and AD, you probably have to say, okay, uh, well, what do we do now? And uh, they have plenty of options out there, a lot of people that would have uh, been interested in that job. And, and you know, you, you have to ask yourself the question, what would have happened if Dion was still at Jackson State and this took place? Yeah. That's I that that feels like that would have been a better move for him than going up to Colorado. Yeah, you know, neither school has been that good. I mean, you know, when Jackie Sherrill was in Mississippi State, you know, they were one step ahead of the posse. Colorado hasn't been relevant in a number of years, but they they are sneaky attractive. Uh, you're gonna get some West Coast players, and that's how they got healthy the first time. They got all those guys from LA, started with Eric B. Enemy. And then you have, you know, not necessarily people within the state of Colorado, but obviously we've seen that Dion can recruit nationally. So uh, they might be an interesting program in two years. Yeah. By the way, was it depending on what conference they're going to be in? 
Was Bienemy ever an option up there in Colorado before? For Dion? some reason, he wasn't. Because uh, he's I, yeah, he's I such think, a hot name in the NFL yeah, year after year and gets passed over that that you would have thought that would have made sense. You know, I know his name was kicked around a few years ago, and I don't know whether it was his lack of interest or the university's lack of interest, but it, it obviously didn't come to fruition um, on why he ended up not going to Colorado. If you um if you have a chance and you want to watch some good Mike Leach footage, uh, his breakdown of the mascots in the Pac-12 that was a uh, that was a good <laughs> press conference as he goes through and talks about which ones would win in a fight and which ones would be most dominant. Uh, that that was a uh, that was a good one. But he was a guy that that just kind of spoke uh you know spoke his mind. Didn't really care uh who he. I guess upset. I should say, not say offended. See, I, I should say upset. He, I don't think he really upset people. I think people were amused by him. Some were confused by him because we just didn't see that sort of those sort of antics from a coach. Uh, he always seemed like he never took himself serious. But then on the other side of the coin, uh, he was serious enough to be a successful coach. And yeah, uh, it, it'll be it'll it'll be it's a huge loss for college sports. Yeah, the uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs were set to face, or are set to face Illinois in in the uh, bowl game coming up here very soon. Uh, have not heard or seen any plans to postpone that. Not sure um, if that oh, would I don't even think be on the will. table. No, I don't think they will. I think that they've got a coaching staff in place. They'll have somebody do it on the interim basis. And uh, if I'm Illinois, I better be very careful here because – you know, these kids can really be motivated, you know, even to a higher level. Although I'm one of the people who believes that pep talks is, is Bum Phillips said, he said, you're, he said, pep talks last about as long until you get, get the hell knocked out of you. And then you can't even spell pep. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you got other things to think about. So we'll see what kind of motivation this provides losing their head coach and obviously going out and playing for him. The uh, yeah, Mike Leach passes away at the age of 61. Claim shifting gears over to the Cardinals and to uh, to hot stove. Last week, when we talked, you were in San Diego, right there in the middle of all of the uh, the hot stove discussions. And at the time, the the Sean Murphy versus Wilson Contreras debate as to who was going to be the Cardinals' next catcher. And it ended up being Wilson Contreras, five year deal, 87 and a half million dollars for the former Cub World Series catcher. He's now in St. Louis. Um, you, you had a chance now. We have, we've seen him at the press conference, the introductory press conference with the Cardinals. You've seen him a number of years um, across, the, uh, across the, the field with the Cubs. Your initial thoughts on the signing of Wilson Contreras? Well, I think I said all along, Sean Murphy was my prime candidate. But, you know, Wilson Contreras checks enough boxes. Uh, I think he's going to be a very interesting number five hitter. Uh, he doesn't catch as much as he used to. I mean, I think we have taken into account the most he's ever caught was 133 games, and that was back in 2018. So you, you're going to give up a little bit of catching behind the plate in exchange for a guy at the plate. And, I, you know, and let's face it, you don't have to give up any prospects. Um you know, Atlanta gave up a boatload to apparently a boatload to Oakland. But I, I think the the other issue is it's only money and the Cardinals have a lot of it right now. So I, I, I really look at it in a situation where uh, it, it made sense in this situation, because now you still have enough assets 
to be able to make another deal if you need to. If there's somebody out there that we're not even thinking about that they can acquire, they got some assets at a lot of different positions that teams would be interested in. Yeah, the uh, and as far as looking out at who who would have been available, I, we we sat here for so long thinking it was between Sean Murphy and Wilson Contreras, and I mean, if you believe the reports, that was who it was between. The Cardinals made a run at Sean Murphy, and apparently the A's asked for way too much in return for uh, for what the Cardinals were willing to give up. And uh, so uh, if you believe the reports, it was Lars Nupar and Brendan Donovan with a minor league pitcher. But then Derek Gould kind of throwing out there, the Cardinals said, here are four names we'll give you. You can pick two of them. And that list included, was it Gorman, Yepes, Carlson, and one other, I, um, I believe. I can't remember who the other name was on that list. And then when you look at what the Braves and the Brewers gave up to make this trade go for Sean Murphy, let's let's first look at that. Oakland gets in return Kyle Muller, Esturi Ruiz, Freddie Tarnock, Royber Salinas, and Manny Pena. I, I don't know much about any of the farm systems to know how big of names those are coming back. The only one that I heard that was highly touted was Ruiz that uh, that went back to Oakland for that. I don't know if any of those guys are major league ready, like the list I just named off for the Cardinals that they gave, but the Braves going for Sean Murphy was surprising to me because they gave up prospects to get Sean Murphy and give up Willem Contreras. I don't know how much better that makes them going into the next year. Well, it makes them better because Murphy's a better handler of pitchers. I think that's the big key. Remember, Contreras was more of a DH than he was a catcher. And when you look at what Atlanta's saying, they think they can go for it. They need to have a little bit more stability behind the plate. Murphy will hit you okay. He doesn't have to do a lot in that order. So it's it's I think it's a good deal for Atlanta because like a lot of teams right now, Joe, I think there are a lot of teams that feel like they can go for it. Uh, in that nationally Eastern division, there's not a weak link in that division. You, you look up and down, there's not a weak team in that division right now. And, when you think about the Mets in Philadelphia, you've got uh, you got Miami that's going to have an impact with their whole new regime. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be some some tough sledding in that division. Do you think it was a, a a move, a counteractive move to seeing what the Mets and the Phillies have done? The Braves sitting there and saying, "Well, you know what? We're going to lose Dansby Swanson. We got to do something." Yeah, no, I think that's a good point, and. Uh, and, and you know what? Maybe the Braves aren't done either. I mean, I think that uh, when you look at their team, you say, all right, what are we going to do about shortstop? And there's still a couple of guys out there. Or do they feel like they've got somebody from within that's ready to go? I, I, I really feel like that might be it more than anything else because you just don't let a Swanson go without feeling like you can fill that void. And there's Correa still out there. So do you sign Correa? I mean, same age, same guy, basically, both first picks in the draft. I mean, it, there's a lot of similarities between the two. Um, Swanson, my red flag on him was I thought he struck out a little too much for a shortstop. Uh, now, he hit for power, but he's only hit for power really this past season. So there are a lot of question marks. Well, not necessarily question marks, but mild concerns about how much better will he be, especially going to a team, in most cases, that won't be better than the one he left unless he goes to the Dodgers and the Dodgers are comparable to Atlanta 
but the Dodgers are going to have to retool themselves in a lot of different areas too. Um, they don't have uh, as much pitching as they once did. And that's always a concern. Some other guys are going to have to step up and do some things that haven't been put on them before and they've got to stay healthy. So, you know, these last few trades and acquisitions are intriguing, but they're almost unilateral. I'm just not sure if anybody made themselves markedly better. Philadelphia, I think obviously with Turner, but you know, you look around, I'm not sure if anybody, San Diego, but then again, you have to wonder about is San Diego's pitching good enough to catch up with their offense? It's deep. I mean, it's a, it's a deep staff they have there in San Diego. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know where you get some of that middle relief from. That's I think that's probably more of their issue than that because they're pretty loaded with starting pitchers. It's everything in the middle to get the hater at the end of the game that you you kind of have to wonder about. With the Braves, I, I guess right now Vaughn Grissom, Ozzy Albies, that's your middle infield. Even though both of those guys are primarily second basemen, you just kind of move one over and you hope it works until yeah, something so. happens uh, because you have so many young guys on that team right now. And with the money that they've given to Acuna, that they've given to Riley, and some of the other contracts that they are, you know, having to put out there, I don't know if you could go long term with Correa on a deal with that. But we just saw Correa sign a one year deal in Minnesota last year. Is Correa just the guy that's going to want to go for market value one year after another and keep betting on himself? You know, I think that what you'll see, and I think maybe I share this with you, I think you're going to see a group of guys that instead of the eight and 10 year deal, maybe do a three year deal and get right back in line and then go back to the market price again, compared to having an outdated contract after year two. Right. And that's what we're, I mean, it's, it's silly to think that Bryce Harper's contract, you already look at it and you go, wow, he could have made a lot more money if he would have just signed a, a couple a two year deal or three year deal from what he initially did, because it's not like he's underperformed with the contract that he signed so far. And that's what you saw Machado do with yeah. all the, all the rumors right now out of San Diego is that Machado's gone after this year. Is he, at least he's going to opt out after this year. And when you look at that compared to what Nolan Arenado did in St. Louis, you kind of, I mean, it, it makes you appreciate Nolan Arenado for sticking around because he could have easily gone out and gotten 35, $40 million for a couple years at the level he continues to play at. Well, he's already at 35. So, you know, when you look at a guy like Arenado and even a Machado, you know, your market is a lot smaller. And if you're not winning, if you're not on a winning team, I think that even raises a greater concern. So I know the rumors circulate about Machado. There's a lot of things that are going to go on between now and the end of the year, next season, because who's to say that Soto won't be on the block? Mm -hmm. So, you know, San Diego is another team that's saying, you know what? Let's try and win now. We'll figure out next year when next year gets here. Kind of like what the uh, Miami Marlins did a couple of times when they won their World Series. They loaded up, and as soon as they loaded up, they were like, all right, see you. We'll start over again. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. The uh, You mentioned the Braves possibly not being done. Cardinals, you wouldn't expect them to be done. Uh, Wilson Contreras isn't the only thing they're going to do all offseason. John Heyman kind of throwing their uh, the Cardinals' name out there with uh with carlos rodan as a possible uh free agent uh, john Heyman did spell everyone's name right in the tweet that included uh the cardinals in there so a, wait a minute uh, is a that the same him. is that the same john Heyman that had uh 
Arson Judge. Arson Judge to the Giants. Arson Judge to the Giants. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know who Rodon's agent is. If it's got anything to do with Scott Rosen, Scott uh Horace. Horace, then maybe he's just trying to peddle Rodon. But I think Rodon's an attractive player only because there aren't many pitchers that have shown the numbers that he has in this current pool of players, mm-hmm. which is why I go back to looking at guys who on one year who are in the last year of the deal that you might want to kick the tires on a team and see if they're interested in making a deal. Um, so I would just say stand by. I, I think the current structure is one where you say, well, free agents first. Yeah. Okay. Now what happens when the, when a good free agent is gone and, and to take it to a Cardinal level. And I feel like this team needs another guy with closing experience in the bullpen. And that guy that I'm talking about probably isn't on the free agent market unless you want Adam Montavino. He's 37. And I don't know what you, what you're willing to spend for a guy who the Mets have said, no, we're good. So when, when I, and I say it in that manner, because, and and again, Cardinals have some assets, maybe they're going to kick the tires on somebody who's got a year or maybe two left on his contract. And uh, they make a deal and bring him in. But I really think they need more experience in that bullpen. Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, we've seen so many deals already, uh, already done in this, uh, in this offseason. So I guess what Correa, Rodon, um, those are, those are the top two out there right now. (sighs) Syndergaard, I mean, is he, he hasn't signed anywhere, right? No. And but he was, I mean, he wasn't really effective or part of that. Philly he was coming out of the bullpen. Team. I mean, so here's the other thing: Syndergaard is right. not the Syndergaard of four years ago when he was throwing bullets up there. I mean, he's more of a guy with a slider, mm-hmm. off-speed stuff. And you know that's okay if you can throw it for strikes. Because I got news for you: we're gonna see a whole lot more guys throwing off-speed stuff because with the pitch clock, they're not gonna be able to load up and you know, get themselves back to a max effort pitch every pitch anymore. So if you have that kind of stuff and you can control it, I think you're going to be quite attractive. Kimbrel, he's still out there. Is that a, is that a name uh, that you, uh, that you kick the tires on? Well, you know, if it's not high leverage, maybe, I mean, he's made a lot of money, so maybe you can get him for a good song and a dance. I don't know, but you know, he wasn't very good in LA. Remember they took him out of the uh, closer spot. Yeah, he he kind of danced back and forth there. Yeah, and I mean the Cardinals used to own him, so I don't yeah. I don't know. May, you know what? If the price is right, I definitely bring him in. Yeah, last year with the uh, with the Dodgers, Rodon uh, or I'm sorry, Kimbrel, uh, a um, ERA three point seven five ERA on the uh, on the season, uh, only uh, twenty two saves on the uh, on the year 24 the year before going back and forth between the Cubs and the White Sox in uh in that season so a far cry from his days in Atlanta when he was saving over 50 games or 40 you know games what? I, a, I, a I don't season. need him you know if he can save 24 games if he can if he can save 24 out of 27 opportunities 28 opportunities along with Helsley I think I'd be okay yeah, and then you have Gallegos back there too. It's now see that's a, the guy I'm concerned about because this pitch clock might affect him more than anybody else. Yeah, especially when you're the slowest worker in the league. Right. Yeah, that's 
that's something where you spend all spring. I mean, you're starting that now. You're just saying, hey, just toss it. Here's a ball. He should have been starting yeah. back in October as soon as we finished the season. Right. Because I don't think you can just flip the switch on something like this. Yeah. That's, uh, you, he's got to cut that delivery time in half. In is, half. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Oh, um, other, uh, yeah, other MLB news and notes, just little things trickling in here and there, um, as, as the winter meetings are gone, your overall assessment of what you, uh, what you saw, what you did last week in San Diego. Well, it was good to be part of it again. I mean, we, we haven't had it, you know, since 2019 and, uh, it was good to gather. Um, I, I did realize that there's a lot of standing around and what are you hearing and things of that nature. But overall, I thought it was more productive than maybe some would have anticipated. We did have some movement. We did have some uh, some signings before and including. So I, I thought it was a good. I still think it can be better. Uh, and, you know, it's not like agents and general managers don't talk anyway. And teams talk. I mean, so why do they have to play around and wait till they get to the winter meetings? And all of them are sitting in their own suites texting with the other guy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but it was good. It was, it was just good. It, it's another sign that baseball is returning to a reasonable normalcy that we once experienced before COVID. You got to, uh, you had a chance to catch up with Dusty Baker when you were there last, uh, last week, that audio available right now on uh, wherever you get your podcasts on Klabe's online. Who else? Uh, give me another name of somebody that you, uh, that you saw that, that really made you happy. Oh uh, man, Greg Amsinger. Fran Charles, Harold Reynolds, everybody from the MLB crew. Uh, it's good to see Skip Schumacher as a manager. Um, you know, there's just so many people that you just don't see a lot. You know, and now with the season, us playing a balanced schedule, there's going to be some people we won't see as much of. So um, you, you inhale it, you relish it. I'm not even sure where it is next year. It may be in Nashville next year. I'm not sure. But it, so – Mike Farron made a great point. He said the four most important times of the season for baseball, other than the games, is uh, winter meeting, spring training, all-star game, World Series. And most people don't participate in all-star game and World Series, you know, from a media standpoint, unless you're doing some national stuff, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're a player. I mean, you know, a lot of players don't participate. Um, saw Nelson Cruz, who was one of my favorite people. He's my favorite person, people, one of my favorite people for a couple of reasons. One, had he not butchered that ball in 2011, we wouldn't have a <laughs> ring. But two, one of the nicest people that can still swing the bat a little bit. He was out there kind of nosing around for a job. Well, also, he's going to be part of the WBC. Um, they had a big press conference and had a lot of members of that out there for, for that event that's going to come up. And I think the timing couldn't be better for the WBC because it's going to give teams a chance to do a few things. One, you're going to get some extra at-bats for some people and some extra innings for some people you want to take a look at. Two, uh, it'll give you a little bit more of an opportunity to uh, work on the pitch clock, work on the balance in field. And there's already been a discussion about um, – moving the left fielder over in the right center field. And I was told Friday that once that starts to happen, they're going to call timeout on everybody and say, no, nope, you got to be back over there. So I'm anxious. I'm really looking forward to this season because of the changes, uh, because of the movement, 
Uh, I don't think there's a clear cut runaway champion, although Houston did a pretty good job of it in their own right. But, you know, there's a lot of things that change. They don't have they don't have uh, Verlander anymore. They're going to bring up some other guys and, you know, Dusty's going to come back and see if he can do it back to back. So between that team and some other teams that are trying to make a statement, uh, I think there's going to be some great competition in Major League Baseball. You mentioned the World Baseball Classic. It was announced today. Miles Michaelis is going to be representing Team USA, joining Adam Wainwright as one of the pitchers. And those two already, um, we already knew Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt were going to be on that team. So the Cardinals will be represented by four players um, on Team USA. Word was Tommy Edmond maybe would go play for the uh, the Korean team. I, I haven't heard anybody else of any of the other um teams uh possibilities out there would Contreras where would uh would he go Venezuela yeah probably so that's the team Yachty's managing right is Yachty he's not managing Puerto Rico no no that, that that's would, a cluster from what I understand that would make sense but uh yeah world baseball classic starting up um starting up here in a, a few weeks and I'll tell you that you you mentioned that I really uh about the players and who will get more reps I think that as far as the Cardinals go, I think Paul DeYoung benefits more than anybody else from the World yeah. Baseball Classic this year. Because if Ed, if Tommy Edmond is gone, if he's if he's playing with uh, the Korean team, and Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt are gone, you just you tell Paul Paul DeYoung to just load up on gloves, and you tell him to show up and play a different position every day. Today I you're agree. filling in. Today you're filling in for Arenado. Tomorrow you're filling in for Goldschmidt first. Not only to maybe be a versatile part of the Cardinals team where you've only ever played shortstop and nothing else, but you're also putting yourself out there to where if you can do all those, then the Cardinals look around and they say, "Hey, look, we got this guy that can play all four out infield positions. Who who are you guys looking to unload?" And, and you make a deal with uh, somebody for Paul DeYoung. Or you can do this. Now, I was told the other day that he looks in incredible shape. But what happens if Juan Yepes spits the bit in spring training and DeYoung all of a sudden becomes your designated hitter? If I mean, that's not one of those things that you that that makes me feel confident about the team. No, but <laughs> what I'm saying is, what happens if no? What happens if DeYoung is really raking, like you just mentioned, right. and he shows versatility? And Yepes gets off to a slow start like he did last year. Um, Paul DeYoung is going to have a spot on either this roster or somebody else's. And I know Mo, in talking to him the other day, he mentioned that he had several calls about DeYoung. Uh, so I, I'm going to say stay tuned on that one. Uh, the right-handed DH situation has multiple options right now. Yeah, Cardinals are definitely far from uh, from being done. Hey, this is Lunch with Klaibs and Joe here on Klaibs Online. We're powered by Amron, Illinois. We're driven by Munganaz, St. Louis, Acura. And hey, we'll be back in just a minute. My name is Jeremy Sibri. I am one of the owners of Pawford K9. Marcus Galmore, co-owner of Pawford K9. What makes us different from other dog companies is there is no breed left behind. We stand by that 120%. We specialize in aggressive behavior modification. We don't turn away. We bring them in for a free, free evaluation to see if we can help the dog. Here at Pawford K9, we focus on the owners. 
educating the owners. How do I get this dog to give me the behaviors that I'm asking for without the treats? Mm -hmm. So that's when me and Marcus come in. We train the dog so when you take the dog home, you don't need the treats. The dog is doing it because you're asking it to. After each training package, we go through a series of lessons. We keep going until the owner gets it. We make sure that they go over the beatings with their dog and that dog is listening before they, before they leave here, but also we follow up when they get home. Is your pup listening to you here? If it's not, we one phone call away, we'll make a trip. We got the Pulpy Mobile where we go out to their homes and make sure their dog is okay. Back here, lunch with Claves and Joe, powered by Amron, Illinois, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. Also, hey, to wrap up the uh, the Cardinals discussion, tickets available now for Cardinal all-inclusive tickets and also holiday ticket packs. Go right now to cardinals.com and click on the holiday ticket uh, link right there to see everything that's available for the 2023 season. That's uh, cardinals.com slash um, then go to the holiday ticket section for ticket packs and all-inclusive tickets. And that also tickets to opening day of 2023. NFL this past weekend, Claves, I think um, we we see that uh, just how good that Eagles team is with uh, with how. Wait a minute, you mean have... the team that I told you about at the beginning of the year? And it took me a while to come around on them. Yeah, but okay. I jumped on that. I jumped on them a few weeks ago. I've been uh, I've been all in on that Eagles team, and they absolutely decimated the the New York Giants. And with the Vikings losing, now have a two game lead on that number one seed in the NFC. So the Eagles continue to cruise. And they are, uh, I, I don't even know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't even know who I would say is the second team to beat right now in the NFC. That's a good question. The NFC is really shaky right now. Um, and the Eagles are fortunate because they haven't had any serious injuries. Um, and, and they're still trying to be better. I mean, getting in Dominican Sue was a, a real good move. Um, the other defensive end that started his career with the Rams, whose name escapes me, they put him on the IL, but I don't know how long that's going to last. But overall, the offensive line has been solid. Man, they're starting to develop a running game. And I'm not sure if many people thought Jalen Hurts was going to be this good, but he's good every week. And I know they, well, he runs a lot. Yeah, but have you seen his passer rating? Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy, you know, he can throw the long ball. He can throw the crossing route. Uh, he just really has a good understanding of what's going on with his team. He's got two really good receivers to throw to now and a good tight end. So uh, I don't see anybody beating the Eagles but the Eagles. No, and uh, it's it's going to get to the point where you're going to hear discussions here in a few few weeks if they're if that bye week, if that one week off is good or bad for him with how much of a role they've uh, they've really been on this year. Yeah, I think you know what I think it's good for him. Uh, it'll give them a chance to recharge and reset and start to prepare for the second portion or third portion of the season. So uh, I, I don't think it hurts them at all. Who Jaylen do they play Hurt. after that? Who do they play after the bye? No, I'm saying that I'm talking about the bye that they would have for. Uh, oh, for the, okay. For, yeah. For, for the, uh, the first round of the playoffs. Cause they'll be, they'll get that one bye. Jalen Hurts. I don't by think the way, anybody, I don't think anybody who yeah. plays this game is going to reject a bye. Jalen Hurts, 22 passing touchdowns, 10 rushing touchdowns How many on, the, interceptions? Uh, on the season. Uh, three. Only three interceptions on the year. Yeah. He's fumbled the ball eight times, though. 
Yeah, I think that comes from running the ball. Uh, right. I think that comes. And also, uh, he's been nearly sacked a couple of times and guys have stripped him. But uh, I think he's been a very good manager, very good, solid quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, so uh, the uh, the Eagles, their upcoming schedule for the rest of the year, they have uh, – They got Dallas to- coming up. Yeah, they have Chicago, Dallas, New Orleans. Uh, their next, uh, their next three games. So, God, Jalen Hurts against that Bears defense. If you have Jalen Hurts in the first round of fantasy football this uh, this week, he should put up a lot of points against the Bears. Well, yeah, that Bears defense got some issues. They got, they have issues <laughs> all over though. They except quarterback <laughs> everywhere else. If they can except- keep them healthy if they don't get right. them killed. Exactly. But that's that's about the lone uh, lone bright spot they have. The uh, I, I tell you what we uh, we put it out there. We had the the Vikings and Lions game in our picks this past weekend, Claves, and the uh, I, I put it out there because I thought it was it was pretty shocking that the Lions were actual favorites going into that well, game. Well, but have you seen the Lions play lately? And they've here, played well. Yeah, here's the reason why. A, the Lions are playing well, and B, we're getting late in the season, and Kirk Cousins is a quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. And he's just not very good late in the year. Uh, and, you know, you look at the Vikings, and you say, man, the offense is solid, good running game. They got they have good receivers. Defense makes plays, but there's something missing. And the Lions are starting to get better. Uh, you know, they have another good draft on defense, and they might be a handful. I, they're one offensive lineman and one defensive player away from being at the front of that line in that division. I'm looking at the Lions, what they have coming up now. This upcoming weekend, they're playing the Jets. They're in New York playing the Jets. They're on the road the next three weeks. That Jets game, I mean, those are two different. Those are teams going in two very different yeah. directions right now. And well, the Jets haven't been bad. You know, I mean, the there's a distraction of, of Zach Wilson. They've kind of gotten that behind him. Mike White hasn't lost anything for him. They just haven't been able to get as many things done. They play some really good teams here recently. But, you know, I wouldn't say they're going in the wrong direction. I, I still think there's still some good football left in them. Defensively, they're really good. Now, if Queen and Williams, if he, Quentin Williams, if he can't play, then they got problems because this guy, is, he was having a Pro Bowl type season. I'm, I mean, right now, I mean, the Jets right now, the rest of, they've lost three of their last four. They, as, as I mentioned earlier, this uh, upcoming this weekend, they have the Lions, then they play the Jaguars, then the Seahawks, and then they end the season with the Dolphins. They don't have any easy games on that schedule. No, no. And, and you mentioned teams coming around. I mean, the Jaguars, if you look at what Trevor Lawrence has done lately, they're not going anywhere this year. No. They're going to be drafting the top half again, but. They, they finally might be figuring something out as far as well. That they got a legitimate goes. coach there too. Right. That clown act they had before him uh, really, I think stunted the growth Urban of Meyer. the organization. Yeah. So uh, as you, so let's look at that AFC and everything going there. You have the bills and the chiefs, both 10 and three now on the year. Bengals have won five straight. They represented the AFC in the Super Bowl last year. They're nine and four. Uh, talk about teams going in the wrong direction. The Titans right Ooh. now falling real fast and Baltimore somehow gets a win without Lamar Jackson this, uh, this past weekend. Yeah. I think the Titans thing is a real head scratcher. Maybe that's one of the reasons why the GM got fired in, in such an untimely manner. 
maybe there's more going on internally than we know of. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is a guy that everybody likes to kick around, but I think it's more than what the quarterback is doing. I mean, when you look at it, the Jaguars, I mean, I say they're, they have nowhere to go. They're only two games back right now, the Titans. Oh, they can make it interesting. Don't think they can't. I mean, they've got, they've got some players that are starting to come around. You mentioned that, uh, they got nothing to lose at this point. So those are the dangerous teams you got to be concerned about. So Eagles far and away, Super Bowl favorites out of the NFC. How do you handicap the AFC? Boy, you know, you almost want to say home field advantage. And, you know, Kansas City's a tough place to play. Buffalo's a tough place to play. Uh, and then you've got that next tier of teams. Cincinnati's a tough place to play. Um, but Man, I just think Kansas City, they get things done. Now, you know, Buffalo's been tough, but now with Von Miller out, they're, they're not as tough defensively as you would want them to be, and they've lost a couple of other people along the way on the defense um, because, you know, Josh Allen, I know he's playing hurt, but he's still finding a way to get things done. I just think Kansas City still has the makeup to, to get there. Uh, and they've retooled on the fly. I mean, you look at their team now from the offensive line to the receivers. I mean, that's a completely different team that was just in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, I am going to, by the way, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I haven't sent out the uh, our games yet for the picks. I am going to be putting Jaguars and Cowboys on that uh on that list, uh, on our list. Of and games they are playing where that game is being played in uh, in Jacksonville. That could be a scuffle. I mean, we know who Howard Richards is going to pick. Yeah, but Jacksonville, man, right. I mean, you know, but the thing is Dallas' defense, man, keeps them in games. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing that as good as Jacksonville is playing, as well as they're playing, I don't think they've seen anything like what Dallas can throw up at them. We've, uh, this is, I don't know if you saw yesterday, the Cowboys went out and they signed T.Y. Hilton for so the that rest tells- of the year. Yeah, I and, like Hilton over O.J. Beckham. And then today the Bills go out and sign Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley kind of pulled a Tom Brady. He said that he was he walked away from football, said he was going to go spend uh, time at home with his wife and his now, kids. he was one of those first guys that was anti. He was uh, Yeah, he's anti-vax, oh, okay. and that kind of soured people on him to begin with. But he got a chance down in Tampa at the beginning of the year, never actually played a game for them. And said, you know what? I'm done with football. I've had enough. I'm going to go home with the wife and kids. Two months later, he's like, hey, guys, I'm ready to come back and play. You know, <laughs> what's next? I'm, I'm not even going to respond to this guy. But I'm no, keep... but with the, the Bills going for Cole Beasley and the Cowboys choosing T.Y. Hilton, choosing to sign T.Y. Hilton, those were two names that were never thrown out there. Meanwhile, Odell Beckham's been going on this, you know, tour of well, the, the country. Odell Beckham isn't totally healthy. Right. He's told teams, hey, you signed me. I'll be able to play in the playoffs for you. No, and teams no. are like, I don't want that. Yeah. No, no. Right. Why would you work on it all year and then put, throw him into your lineup, into your into your offense? in the playoffs where games really matter. Nobody wants to risk that. I agree. I agree. So I I don't, I mean, I don't know who's out there. Who's left as a possibility for him. I mean, the chiefs, maybe just throw them out there and see what happens. They don't need them. The chiefs doing okay. I mean, I think there's probably another guy out there that we're not thinking of, 
But Odell Beckham, man, he right. I don't need the baggage. No, that's – yeah, you really don't. All right, hey, we need to take another break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the uh, the rest of the show here on uh, lunch with Claves and Joe here on ClavesOnline.com. Hey, we're powered by Amron, Illinois, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. As one of St. Louis's fastest-growing companies and largest private companies, St. Louis Acura is proud to serve you and remains committed to becoming better than ever for you. As new Acuras become more available every day, we are not backing down from selling 100% more quality pre-owned vehicles than ever before. We want customers that appreciate our friendly, outgoing team and our award-winning service because at St. Louis Acura, we are better than ever for you. There's always been a bright side to living in downstate Illinois. Amron, Illinois is making it even brighter with a little help from the sun. Right now, we're building a next generation solar facility to bring you cleaner energy for generations to come. It's good for the environment, your neighborhood, and everyone living in downstate Illinois. That's brighter thinking. That's energy at work. Learn how you can participate in solar programs at amronillinois.com renewables. We're back here, lunch with Claves and Joe. Final segment here, Claves Online. Uh, thank you, though, uh, to those that are watching on YouTube, Facebook, or on Twitter. If you're just watching us now and you missed the uh, the first 40 minutes of the show, you can find that later this afternoon uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Claves Online, find them right there, or check us out on the brand new ClavesOnline.com and see all of our content. Mm-hmm for you right there let's uh let's talk a little blues hockey claves i i know that um it is it, I, I cannot imagine how frustrated you are watching this team go uh up and down up and down the way they have been should have had two wins these uh these past couple days should have won sunday against colorado at enterprise center and then they were able to pull off the one nothing victory yesterday against nashville well last night i was at that game and uh they were solid in all three zones. You know, they only gave up 25 shots um, and they had some good scoring opportunities themselves. Uh, but Nashville's just like the Blues, inconsistent. But I saw something last night that tells me there's a, there's an issue with this hockey team. Normally during the warm-up, the home team, there's always a representative for the home team that stays out to make sure they are the last ones off the ice. Blues were the first ones as a team that came off the ice. Nashville still had two or three guys still hanging out. I've seen brawls get started when guys create shenanigans. So basically what I'm saying is, and it's it's one of those one of those things in the code. You know, for all the Blues would have known, Nashville could have taken a dump on the logo and they wouldn't have known about it. And, and I just think that if you don't understand those traditions of making sure you take care of your house and how is anybody else going to respect you? Yeah. And and I don't know whether this is an isolated situation or is this something that's kind of, but I noticed it and it stood out and I texted a couple of people and uh, they both were kind of like, yeah, welcome to our world. You know, I mean, this is, there's something going on with this team. And I know they all talk about how they play for each other and, you know, we're really close. Well, something's going on. Because there's no accountability, there's no commitment uh, to detail, and this isn't a coaching thing. You know, coach can only do so much. Players have to play coach themselves from time to time, and I just don't see it. And it's unfortunate. 
uh, it's it's a tough season to have. And yeah, I can I can give you a half a dozen guys that probably are the, are the culprit, but it is a team sport. But I'm of the belief that Craig, I mean uh, Doug Armstrong, might have to shake it up one way or the other because they're just, you know, I mean they don't play again until Thursday. They get they go to Edmonton, and we don't know what that could turn out. I mean they played Edmonton tough the last time. But we know Edmonton can explode, and they could really make it interesting for St. Louis. And they're going to go out on a Western swing before the holiday. So who knows what's going to happen. But it, I think it might be time to shake it up. And not, you know, I'm not talking about sending a guy to the minors. I'm talking about moving a contract. How? I, yeah, that's, you know, th- this is a team right now. They are, they are more than a few points back of a uh, playoff position in the West. Uh, no, I think points. they're in the fifth spot, aren't they? They are they're in the sixth spot right now of the okay. wild card. So right. they uh yeah, they have a bunch they have Vancouver, Nashville, Colorado. They would have to jump all of them to get up to Calgary at, at 31 points. So four points back of being in that second wild card spot right now. That's 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 not much. That that's not a whole lot of points. But from what you've seen on TV and in person out there uh, at Enterprise is this a team that is just one or two moves away from being up in that uh, in that playoff spot? Yeah, I do. Uh, they've got they've got the combination of talent and youth uh, that they they're a couple of spots away. Uh, I probably would address my defense. Uh, that's not gone well for a couple of people, um, and you still need some grit, man. You need somebody who makes you hard to play against and they don't have that guy. Blues are pretty easy to play against. So yeah, I think there's a couple of moves that would make them a legit team for the Western conference, which in my opinion might be the most competitive conference in all of sport. We talked about the national league East. Uh, this, this Western conference, man, it's pretty, it's pretty tough to go. The, uh, the world cup we're starting the semifinals in well claims in about 15 minutes here, Argentina and Croatia, Argentina, the favorites in this game. And then tomorrow it's France and Morocco claims. I was up in Chicago on Saturday and all around the city cars, honking their horns, honking their horns, driving around, hanging out the window, holding flags. And I kind of caught a glimpse of the flag and I thought, Nah, this this isn't it. And I went and I looked up. They're Moroccans. They were they were folks from Morocco up in. I mean, this is all throughout the entire city too, walking around the entire day after Morocco won their game, knocking out Portugal. The rest of the day, all the uh, whoever of Moroccan descent uh, was up in up in Chicago. They were driving multiple cars around the whole city, hanging the flags and honking out the uh, honking their horns. Yeah, that's fun for them. The first African. Yeah country to get to the world cup semis um very passionate uh so my favorites are argentina because they have the best stakes in the world and morocco because this is their first rodeo i mean i like the french to a point but i'm pulling for those two and uh made the best team win I don't think which by the it. way i did this the other day on camelx so I'll, I'll share it with you here on on the podcast we got to change this this soccer thing up we got to change it. If you want Americans to embrace it, we got to make a few changes. Starting off with getting rid of FIFA or getting out of FIFA. FIFA is the most corrupt organization short of the Olympic Committee in the world. So they got to go. Second thing is we need to get more scoring. Um, 
I know people think this this one one tie thing is great and going to penalty kicks. No, it's not. It really isn't. It's, it's not healthy. You run around ninety plus minutes, and this is you have nothing to show for it. So why don't we do a couple of things here? First of all, the United States, they have enough. They have the greatest athletes in the world, the biggest collection of athletes from all walks of life. We should develop our own offensive style where teams will we can wear them down and put the pressure on them. So what? If you know what, if you lose five to four, so what? Everybody gets a kick out of a high-scoring game. Um, you, you need to do that. The other thing is you bring all these players to play in a World Cup or any soccer game, and you don't use all of them. We need to have more substitutions and keep fresher guys on the field. Mm-hmm. That way I think it would it would create more scoring. And thirdly, I think that we need to really enforce the diving. Now, I haven't seen as much in the World Cup, but if you watch some of these leagues on Sunday, I mean, it's embarrassing. And we've talked about it before. But I think you have to be more, you have to be more direct in enforcing the rules and embellishing uh, something you just can't have. I mean, we see it. Hockey's clean their act up for the most part. NBA is really working in that direction. The NFL is starting to call guys out on embellishing certain things. Uh, why not soccer? Yeah. Why the, not uh, soccer? The and then the uh, final thing, final thing. As much money as they put into this World Cup, couldn't they have a clock on the on the scoreboard to tell you how much real extra time there is instead of a guy looking at his wristwatch and saying, mm-hmm. Boop, all right, we're done. Can we put a clock up there? That's just, I mean, for all aspects of it, there's no reason to have just one guy running around telling you how much time's left. Exactly. I've never, I, as in this day and age, I've never understood that. Uh, Grant Wall, a uh, a great uh, soccer writer, um, well, he's away. a good writer. Period. He, he, he wrote before, yeah, wrote before, did uh, some college basketball stuff. And, well, he uh, was and, the one that did the the LeBron thing when he was a Sports Illustrated when LeBron was coming out of school. Uh, so he'd been around for a while. Very good writer. Unfortunate in his passing. I was with somebody last night who had the inside, and they just think it was a heart attack. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're running. They're, no, they're doing the autopsy today. So we'll have results fairly soon, I would hope, to find out what his actual cause was. Uh, but certainly a great loss to 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 everyone who followed his work. Yeah, and with, with some of the um... – things he was advocating for in in qatar during the world cup it, it does raise a lot of eyebrows well and, see that's why they want to do the art because his brother kind of indicated out of emotion that there might have been some hanky panky but we don't know right so but you, you make a good point because he was advocating against things that were not embraced in that country no and while i admire people who are about change and democracy i think sometimes you know, that's their thing. They chose that way of life. And I'm not sure if it's up to us to always go into inter, intervene in countries and change it unless it has something to do with their human rights issue and they're not treating people fairly and abusing people. Mm-hmm. Other than that, the politics, that's their politics. Claves, let's wrap up here with uh, something out of the NBA. It was announced this morning. They are renaming the awards. All right. Also, I'm renaming stop you right there. the uh, the trophies. Yes, I'm gonna stop you right there. I think it's a a nice idea. I like it, but how in the hell do you not have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's name on any of these awards when he's the greatest player of all time and he's got the numbers to prove? Let me read through the uh, the names here. The Michael Jordan Trophy will be for the MVP. 
The Hakeem Elijahwan who, who, trophy. By the way, Kareem has as many as Michael Jordan. The Hakeem Elijahwan trophy for Defensive Player of the Year. The Rookie of the Year award is now the Wilt Chamberlain trophy. The Sixth Man of the Year award is the John Havlicek trophy. Most Improved, the George Mikan trophy. And here's a new award. It's the Clutch Player of the Year award for Jerry, uh, the Jerry West trophy. So... Although it's six of them, right? Six awards, right? One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Do they have one named after coach of the year? Do they have a, I don't know, but let me ask you this question. If there's a guy who is, who's won two of those awards and probably would win the clutch award as well as many sky hooks as he's dropped on people late in games, wouldn't you think they'd have an award named after him? That I, you know, if, okay. If you need to put Michael's name on one, you, you put it on MVP. Okay. Well, wait put, a minute. Why? Why? I, what, because are you Kareem put is on the other more, ones? Well, Kareem has won as many as Michael. The I'm same can be said all on. The same can be said in postseason, too. He's the all-time leading scorer and took one three-point shot in his whole career. He has multiple other accomplishments in his career. And how is he not included at all? And let's go back. Let's talk about how he's the greatest player at every level he ever played at from grade school, high school. He lost once college. He lost twice. And he's got as many NBA championships as Michael Jordan. So where is the disconnect? Why? I'm just saying that you could have put him on defensive player. If you have to put Michael's name on one, you put that on the other. But Kareem should be on this list. All defensive uh, team, uh, by the way. Uh, yeah, Kareem was on there 11 times. Hakeem Olajuwon only nine times. Point proven. Point made. So if I'm going to say that one has – I'm going to say if you want to sit here, Kareem has a, more of a case to be defensive player of the year over Hakeem Olajuwon than he has to be named on the MVP trophy over Michael. If you understand what I'm saying. I hear what you're saying. Okay. But, but when we're talking about a person who's won – at every level has as many trophies and and awards as the guy whose name is on it. Uh, No, this is wrong. Red Auerbach, by the way, is uh, who the coach of the year trophy was already named after. So Red Auerbach's name is already on that one. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Phil passed him, didn't he? Or he tied him for a number of uh, rings. uh, Yeah. Rings Uh, for, Ooh, would, Phil ended up with how many rings? Was it nine or 11? 11. If it's 11, then Red Auerbach only won it nine times. Phil might have. You know what? Phil has a nine. Let's see. He won six times with the Bulls. Then he, he had a three-peat and back-to-back with the Lakers. With the Lakers. So he has more than Red. So he has 11, yeah. Not, Kobe's, to, mention uh, two he, not yeah. to mention the two he won as a player. Kobe is named after the uh, All-Star Game MVP. And then Bill Russell's the finals MVP. See, this is all wrong. So the only thing they can give it to is give him to change Larry O'Brien, take Larry O'Brien's name off of the trophy. Yeah. You I know, would Larry, say Kareem, you know what Larry O'Brien did before he became commissioner of the NBA? No clue. Postmaster general. Okay. So. Not that I got anything against the post office. That's what he did beforehand, before he became commissioner. And he was a good commissioner. He wasn't a bad commissioner. 
Claves, you are uh, you are back here in St. Louis at uh, so uh, back at work with everything that we have. Uh, you and Howard Richards got to, uh, and then uh, Alex Ferrario. We uh, need to. Have I'm going to talk to everybody on Thursday. Yeah. I'm going to get with everybody on Thursday. So yeah, we have uh, we have all that coming up uh, this week here on Claves Online, plus a lot of year end stuff. So uh, keep it locked in, ClavesOnline.com for all kinds of stuff that we have coming up at the end of this year and then well into the start of the new year. Uh, so much stuff planned here on ClavesOnline.com. If you missed any part of the show today, find it on the podcast or just uh, go rewatch it from the beginning on YouTube, Facebook, or on Twitter. Uh, but if you just want to listen to the audio version only, you can find that at ClavesOnline.com. For Mike Claiborne, I'm Joe Roderick. This has been Lunch with Claves and Joe, powered by Ameren, Illinois, driven by Munganaz St. Louis Acura, right here, ClavesOnline.com. Honey, what are you doing up? I'm too excited to sleep. Have you tried counting sheep? Yeah, but it didn't work. Have you tried counting Albert Pujols' home runs? But there's so many. Let's just give it a try, okay? Okay. Good night. One Albert Pujols home run. Two Albert Pujols home runs. Three Albert Pujols home runs. Four Albert Pujols home runs.